welcome to In My Book episode 254 on Monday the 23rd of September 2013. I am your host Stephen Layton. Welcome to In My Book and welcome to the news! So last week's In My Mug has blown my mind. It's blown my mind how many you've said lovely things about it, but also how quickly you all made it the best viewed ever. You nearly broke the server on Monday morning. Um, thank you so much for the support. It normally takes three, four, five months for any In My Mug to become the best kind of viewed one. This took less than six hours. Um, I saw Erwin on Wednesday because I was in Berlin and he was there and I was telling him about the stats and he was blown away too. So we are both wanting to say thank you very, very much for watching it. Um, if you haven't watched it, you really need to go back and watch 253. It's one of the most special ones I think we've done. So uh, this week um, we got a visit from some, from some Brazilian farmers. It's been like Farmer Central in here. Honestly, they've been coming through the door like nobody's business. We had an importer here as well on Monday. Nobody ever comes to visit up three come at once. Um, but I recorded a little bit of a video with them um, and uh, I'll try and get it live as soon as I can. Really interesting talking about the issues that Brazil has at the moment with the harvest and just different things going on. So I will try and get that up and put it on Has blog and maybe tell you about it next week. Um, and we have a new coffee on the site. It is a Rwandan. It is Rwandan Shara. It is tasting lovely. I'm not sure at this point if it's going to be an in my mug. Um, it might be, it might not be, uh, but it's definitely a, a super duper coffee. Um, yeah, sorry for being a bit vague. I haven't planned that far ahead yet. Um, and that was the news. So this week, um, it's the third in our focus on varietals. This week's coffee is an F1 varietal, and no, it's nothing to do with Vettel or Jensen Button or anything like that. Um, it's, I don't know actually why it is called F1. But if you remember last week, um, we, we talked about leaf rust, and the week before we talked about leaf rust as well. Um, and we're going to talk about it again, I'm afraid. Uh, Roya is big, big news in coffee at the moment. Uh, it's also known as coffee leaf rust. And it is a fungus that has completely ravaged so much of Central America this year. Um, the primary reason is thought to be the drier weather that they've been experiencing in a lot of these countries. And um, a lot of that has been associated to global warming. Um, and at best it's to do with changing climates in coffee producing areas. But Roya causes the leaves to, uh, to wither, to rot. Uh, eventually taking the cherries and the branches with it and severely reduces the uh, yield that you will get from a coffee plant. Um, early indications are kind of showing that this year we can expect as much as 40% of the crop will be missing because of um, this issue of, of leaf rust. So you can see why it's a hot topic. It's going to be a cause a big problem. It's causing producers problems now. Um, we've seen lots of them cutting back their planting. So they're actually hacking it back so they can um, take the opportunity while they have leaf rust to do more pruning than they normally would. Um, and we talked about with the uh, El Salvador Argentina, how Catimor is a disease resistant hybrid um, and it's a hybrid of Arabica and Robusta, the two species. And unfortunately not all of the Catimor is like the one that we tasted two weeks ago. In fact, it's fair to say that the majority of it disappoints on the cupping table. Um, so this is where 
this varietal that we're looking at this week, F1, um, has showed some promise and showed um, certainly some ex reason to get excited about it as a varietal. Um, it produces 30% more than Katura. Um, and we already know that Katura is a good producing coffee if you compare it to Bourbon. So we're probably looking at 40 to 50% increase in production with uh, this F1 varietal. Um, and F1 started to be developed in the early 90s um, and was something that was done in Costa Rica by a guy called Dr. Uh, Berno Bertrand, I think it is. Um, and he spent a whole heap of time uh, pioneering these varietals. And they did up to 150 experiments with this coffee to try and get to where they are now. Uh, and they use a set group of coffees to make these happen. So it will normally contain a, a Sudan, which is a, it's a, a, an African varietal. Um, and then you will also find them using things like Tipica, Mundanovu, Katayi, uh, Madagajipe, uh, Bourbon and Villasarchi. And then they add the more resistant part of the plant, which is the Catimor or the Sachimor. So the Catimor or Sachimor makes it, it's probably only a quarter or a sixth of the makeup of this, um, of, of, of the actual final varietal, which is the Robusta part. Um, and each country has had one developed for its own country. Um, and it's the first time I've seen a varietal program really focus on the country, not just the yield or the disease resistance. Um, the version of the S1, F1 that we have here for this week is a supply of the Sudan um, and it is then a um, the Villa Sarchi, which we've talked about is a great varietal for Costa Rica. If you've listened to in my mugs in the past where I've talked about the, uh, the, the Villa Sarchi varietal, how great it is for the environment there and how it's a varietal that was developed for Costa Rica. Um, and then it has uh, Catimum in there. So... Um, Although that has the genealogy of Robusta, it's a very, very small part of it. And this coffee is definitely seen 100% as an Arabica species, even though it has its feet in that camp. Um, enough of the varietal, we should talk a little bit about the farm now. So the coffee comes from uh, La Margarita Estate in Costa Rica, which is in the Cachi micro region of Oria Oroso, um, uh, which is a valley which is close to Cartago. Um, and this farm is owned by a lady called Marigold Murray. I love that name. Like that, I, I thought it was made up to start off with, but it's a cool name. Marigold Murray. I, I'd like to be called that. Um, in the year 2000, the Murray family decided they were going to build a micro mill. Um, so they were able to control all of the things on the farm more. And the micro mill is called Zalmari, which is where that part of the name comes from. Um, and since then, they've been processing their own coffee. Um, and they've seen a real leap in the quality of what they're doing. And I think they're more passionate and excited by it too. Um, this farm's coffee is represented in the World Barista Championships a couple of years ago in the finals and it tasted super good then. Um, the interesting thing about this coffee is I remember the moment I cupped it at the exporter's office in Costa Rica in San Jose and I remember thinking how amazing it was. Not because the taste was amazing, listen, it's a great coffee, but how different it was and how much it didn't taste like a Costa Rican. Um, it was just mind-blowing how different that tasted uh, from all these other Costa Ricans always cooking on the same table. And we should go on and we should do the map bit because it's quite interesting that this coffee comes from a region we don't normally buy coffee from. It's the map bit. No expense spent. It's the map bit. So here we are. 
Um, I do apologise if this looks a bit weird compared to the normal map bits we, we've had. My computer has broken with all of, lo well, most of the files on for this stuff, so I'm having to do the best I can. Uh, you may also notice a bit of a change to the editing, but let's get into the map bit. Here we have Central America, uh, somewhere we travel a lot to, and uh, we've got seven coffee-growing countries, population of 41.7 million, and that big old surface area. Um, place we're going to look at, though, is Costa Rica. And this is quite a small area uh, when you think about it. Costa Rica, 4.8 million. A fifth of the size of the UK. Uh, capital city is San Jose. Very beautiful city. Very big as well. I think the kind of majority of the population are there. But we're going to look at uh, Orosi, which is uh, to the south of San Jose. Uh, but let's look at the farm information. And Dale Lecao is telling us the farm is called La Margarita, altitude of 1,300 metres. The varietal, as we've discussed at length, is the F1. And the nearest town is uh, Orosi. So I want to try and get down into there. You see, this is the side of the farm. So it's in the valley. And there's a beautiful overhead shot of the town. Um, but yeah, that really kind of gives you a good idea of how big this valley is. And hopefully that gives you a really good idea of where this farm is. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, now it's time for Ask Dale, and we've received a question from Rob Hadley, and he asks, When brewing siphons, I'm struggling to get the more delicate flavours come through, like I get on the professional ones that have been made. Slashing steep time has helped him, but what else can you recommend to make, what are the variables can you change to make a big impact on making it taste like the siphons he's had in coffee shops? So let's hear what Dale has to say. knowing your recipe, feel free to email me with that. Whenever I struggle with brewing, I try to focus on all the possible causes and then take away any that I cannot change or control effectively. In a siphon brew, you have a real blend of variables that can affect the extraction and texture. Look at things like your grinder, your filter, your dose, your grind, your temperature, your steep time and your agitation. Paper filters will give you more clarity than cloth, so it could be your filter. Coarser grind over a longer steep time should give a better, more reasonable extraction. So give that a go! Har! Wow, that was intelligent. Well, what Dale, I think, was trying to say there, that try doing a coarser grind over a longer time, that sometimes can help because it takes away some of the variables, but also uh, look at your dose, look at, look at things individually and try and change one thing and see whether that improves or doesn't improve. Try your grind, change it, make it coarser, make it finer. If that improves it, then great. If it doesn't, go back to where you were and then change something else. It really is about trial, uh, trial and experimenting and finding what works for you. And there is no real uh, answer to make the best siphon because it's to make the best siphon for you. So we should do our wheel of discovery. Uh, we had, what did we have last time? We had green storeroom, which is there. And we're replacing that with milk. So um, the wheel is slowly falling apart and these keep falling off. So I'm hoping the wheel of discovery lasts long enough before it turns to death. And we have the toilets. Oh, isn't that fun? We're going to the toilet. Oh, I wasn't looking forward to that one coming up. Okay, here goes.
look, toilet. We go to the toilet. So this is the studio, as you know. This is, well, you can't see there, um, but you can see Chris over there making the drinks that I'll be drinking in a moment. Um, that's my sister Kaylee down there sitting on the phone. She should really be working. Um, but we're going to go down to the toilets, which is the same way that we've been down the stairs before. Um, I kind of feel like I'm showing you places you've been. We came to reception, we came to the staff room. Why did I put toilets on the Discovery? So there, look, there's the ladies. And there's the men's. Isn't that amazing? I took you to the toilet. I feel special. Okay, and I am back, and I'm going to dive straight into the espresso because I don't want that to cool too much. Um, actually, I have a saucer there. Look, thank you, Christopher, for these. So, that cupping table experience is I was telling you about, where it didn't taste, it didn't taste like a Costa Rican. It doesn't here. For me, it's dark chocolate. I get the biggest hit of dark chocolate in my life, and what I do get a lot of is black pepper. It's spicy. You feel it on the tongue. You can almost feel the heat. Like, I know it's not there, but that sensation, that numbing sensation of black pepper when you crack it on your, you know, your, your tongue, it's just like, it's that sensation of tingling. It really is. I think that is an amazing espresso. And if you gave it me, I would struggle to tell you that was a honeyed Costa Rican. I really would. Um, and this is what I find most interesting about the varietals, how they can change the profile of a country. Um, oh, dark chocolate, man, it's amazing. Right, so now it's time for Snozzer in the Bowl. I like that Snozzer in the Bowl is back. I kind of forgot about it a little bit. And this is another great example of one to smell. If you smell it, you can smell the pepper on it. It's just ridiculous. It is so spicy and savoury. Um, and that's a real good word for it is the savouriness. But it's complex as well. And there is some sweetness, but it's just this dark chocolate, kind of baker's chocolate sweetness that it's really good. So into the milk. And I have high hopes right here. I haven't tried it as a cappuccino. This is the first time I'm trying it as a cappuccino. Punches through, like really punches through. Um, we know my problem with milk drinks. We've talked about it here enough. But I'm going in for a second sip. It cuts through. You can taste the coffee. You can taste that spiciness. The dark chocolate turns, funnily enough, into a bit more milky chocolate, and that's because we've added milk to it. But that spiciness, that underlying black pepper, still powers through. It just really works well. And you get a coffee flavour. You really do get a coffee flavour. So time for our press. And pour away into my Dublin Marathon 2012 mug because I'm doing the Berlin Marathon next weekend, um, which I'm very excited about. And uh, I won't beat the time from here because this was really good and I'm not so fit at the minute. Uh, I did the Great North Run last week and uh, hobbled round in one hour 48, I think it was. Um, but this one, 2012, I did two, three hours 43, which was pretty special. I was very excited by that. Um, so into here, 
it does exactly what it's doing in here. It's one of those coffees that, and it's a coffee coffee, if that makes sense. It ta for people that don't get specialty coffee, they will get this. The acidity is muted. It is way down. There's none of that fruity stuff going on. There's none of that processing stuff going on where you've got funky, you know, you've just got these big chocolate base notes and this beautiful spiciness. It almost reminds me of a very well-processed, like clean Sumatran. Um, it really has that kind of powerfulness for me uh, of, of, of an Indonesian. Now, um, the obviously Rob did his Dale question. So Rob, if you see this in the week um, that uh, it is up, please drop me an email for your t-shirt. But actually, this week I'm going to give away another t-shirt. Um, and this is a screen grab that was sent in to us. tell me about that I don't know how that came as a screenshot but that was remarkable like that was properly remarkable so Jamie thank you very much for sending that in I I love that one so also drop me an email with your t-shirt size um, and we can get you one of those out and uh, yeah I gave away two t-shirts this week because I didn't give one away last week properly or did I no I think I did actually uh, I think Gary got one, but yeah, anyway, um, time to wrap up because I am rambling and we don't like me rambling. Do remember, life is too short for bad coffee.